We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies EdTech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com BE. Welcome to Transformative Principle. I'm your host, Jethro Jones, and you can follow me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. This episode is brought to you by John Cat Educational, a professional development publisher serving as the global leader in combining both research and practice in all materials. Find timely PD publications to support yourself and your faculty by visiting them online at us.johncatbookshop.com. Great instruction gets students engaged. TeachFX equips teachers with the instructional strategies and job-embedded feedback they need to get students engaged in virtual or in-person classes. Learn more about TeachFX and get a special offer at teachfx.com slash transformative principle. Welcome to Transformative Principle. I'm very excited to have Michaela Nichols on the show today. At age 22, Michaela is a model, speaker, and best-selling author at age 18 of Blatantly Honest, Normal Teen, Abnormal Life. In her book, she shares her personal struggles with issues such as bullying, body image, sexual assault, peer pressure, and more. Michaela is bullied unmercifully throughout her adolescence and even today as a recent college grad from University of Central Florida. And Michaela found that through writing, she was able to cope with the struggles she was enduring. And Michaela, thank you so much for being part of Transformative Principles. Thank you today. so much for having me on. It's an honor to be here. I wanted to talk to you because you came very highly recommended from Nancy Conrad of the Conrad Challenge, which listeners of my podcast know that I am just such a big fan of. The things they do are amazing. And so when she said I should uh, talk to you, I was totally on board with that. So want to thank her for that connection. But I want to talk about this idea of of going through issues with bullying and body image and things like that. And 
and I'm just going to come around and say it, you're a model. So it seems like you've arrived and that shouldn't really be an issue. So tell uh, me about see, that. That is something that I always have to address because even when I go and walk into a school and everyone's oh, like, who's this babe that's going to talk to us? She's a model. What does she know? And I'm like, listen, it does not matter what you look like. And I think that's something that we all forget. Like even as adults, I think we all forget that. You're like, oh, this person has it all together. No. I think people that are, especially like me being 5'11", being a girl, like I walk into a room and people are like, who the heck is this? What just walked in? And I think there's a lot to be said with that because people do assume, yeah, she has it all. But really, I might be one of the most insecure people you might ever meet. So it's very ironic, and especially just being the way that I am and saying, hey, I grew up being bullied because I was taller than everyone else because I'm really skinny because I wasn't really developed like most women are. I don't have curves. I am a beanpole. And like, that is me. And I had glasses and I was bullied for all these foods that I would be eating and not eating like the chips and the sandwiches. And so they'd throw their food at me and just a lot of stuff. And unfortunately, even some of my teachers bullied me, not all of them, but there was a few. And those are the really tragic stories because the adults should be the ones who are there to support you, to help you get through those things. But those are things that I've seen as well as a school principal that sometimes adults still make bad decisions and don't do the things that they should. And so shortly after the the 2016 election, when Donald Trump was made president, one of the teachers was very upset and ripped a hat off of a student's head, a Make America Great Again hat, and just ripped it off and said, keep that trash in your locker. And this boy who was expressing something uh, was immediately shut down. And that relationship was never repaired the whole time that boy was at our school because it couldn't be because that teacher treated him inappropriately and in a way that devalued who he was and focused on something else. And that's just a really tragic situation. It is because kids go to school every day and their main interaction is with their teachers. And it's, you want that to be positive. And a lot of my experiences with my teachers were, they're amazing. Like some of my teachers are my best friends to this day. I never thought that would happen. That seemed totally far-fetched when I was a kid, but now I'm like, wow. And there are unfortunately those few teachers who really got to get their head on because that is not the the precedent and the way that you should be acting in front of these kids because believe it or not, they look up to you. Yeah, Yeah. they really do. And little things can go a long way. Little acts of kindness and little acts of meanness can both go a long way. So let's talk about this idea of dealing with bullying. And you mentioned that everybody can get bullied for something and everybody can be put down or treated poorly. First of all, what's the difference between bullying and just somebody being mean? And is there a line and how should we define that? So in the education world, I have learned that, and I'm not an educator. I'm young and I like to use that to my advantage. I'm like, I just got out of school and I think think I'm one of the kids. And I think that's great because I've learned that in education, bullying is how most educators will define it. It's a series of repeated behavior. And I agree to disagree (laughs) because I think that there's a lot to be said about maybe something happens once and maybe it takes a little bit longer for it to fester into something else. And sometimes people are just flat out mean and maybe they're just having a really bad day and they're just like, I hate everything. And you're just, you know, you're adding to my aggression. That's different. That I don't think is bullying. But if you're really 
targeting a kid and going after a kid for God knows what, maybe they dress differently, look different, any of those things, and you're going after that kid for a reason that you've made up in your head, that's what bullying is. You know, there's four different types. It's cyber, physical, mental, verbal. And all those things can be put into a category and that is bullying and that can be repeated. But sometimes people just have a bad day. I've had bad days. I've said things I don't mean. But when you're trying to do it maliciously to hurt someone else, that's where the line is drawn. And and that's a definition that I think that makes sense to me as an educator. Yes, that's how we define it as a series of repeated events. But the challenging piece that I'm sure that you've experienced is that one person may just be mean, but then another person is just mean and another person is just mean and another person is just mean. And as the person that everybody's mean to, you feel bullied, even though it wasn't just that one person doing the repeated mm-hmm. things to you. And so I think that that's a good way to approach it, that it's about the intent. And we talk about this with my own children who are, I have four of them, they're nine to wow. 14 right now. We talk about with them, are you intending to hurt your sibling? Are you intending to be mean to your sibling? And if you are, that's not okay. If you have a bad day or you wake up on the wrong side of the bed and you do something mean, that's not okay, but we can move on from that. But when you're intending to hurt someone else, that's crossing the line. And that's not what we are raising you to be, to be that kind of a person. And so you wrote this book and you shared a bunch of your personal struggles in there. Why was writing so cathartic and helpful? That's a great question. I have always been the kind of kid that loved to write. I am a huge, I hate using the word nerd, but like I am a nerd. And I think there's so much to be said in that because there's a lot of like stereotypes, especially associated with the word nerd. But I've embraced it. And I think that's so important because growing up, I was like, what can I do? Like, I was athletic, sure, whatever. But I would also be the kid that's, oh, let me be artistic. Let me express myself. I was always really big into expression. And that's really where my modeling career started because that's all about expression, too. And I, going through everything that I went through, being an only child, I found it really difficult to open up to my parents and say, hey, I'm being bullied. Hey, I was sexually assaulted. With that, my parents didn't know for a year. Like I kept it to myself that long. And writing really became my therapy because I was so nervous to go to my parents and be like, hey, I actually might need therapy. I started writing my feelings down. And just that process of putting it on paper and I was typing it, same thing, modern stuff. I was typing it and it really felt good to just get it out. And I was like, oh my God. And I kept going. And soon enough, I had 55,000 words. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> I had to obviously change a little the certain stuff about the book because it was more like my diary and how can I make this educational. It's all the same. <laughs> well, and that is that as you just start putting your feelings down, you can quickly get to a point where you realize how much there is to what you've experienced. And And that activity of writing to get things out and to process things is really powerful. And it's not something that we do as much as I feel that we should. I haven't always kept a journal, but I kept a journal for two years when I lived in Russia while I was doing a mission for my church. And it was an amazing experience. And going through and looking at those journals now is really inspiring because I see the kind of person that I wanted to be at that time. And I think that I was at that age, I was much more faith-filled 
and optimistic than I am now. I've become really jaded. And looking through those that lens has really helped me to see, as I go back and read them, the kind of person that I really want to be and what I think is important. And the things that I still think that are the same, I've found that those are like core values that I just can't move beyond. As you're speaking to schools and you do that a lot in Florida and outside of Florida, what advice do you give to the kids as they're learning from you of how to overcome these challenges that they're facing? So generic, well, for the whole crowd speaking, we'll just say that because, you know, when I'm speaking to the whole crowd, it's very, let's approach this like brother and sister. And being an only child, I don't know what that feels like. So if I'm totally going about it all wrong, I don't think I am because the kids seem to respond to it great. And I'm like, yes, I really approach it as, okay, this is what we think about bullying. And this is why you think this. And let's draw on this example. Let's bring up Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Let's bring in 13 Reasons Why. Let's bring in Mean Girls. Let's bring in the things that you guys already think about and say, who are you? And I think figuring out who you are is the most important part and figuring out what role you might play in something like that. Because if you can, kids are very visual. So if you can have them feel like they're in it, then they're in it because then you have their attention. And I think really shattering that wall of, hey, I was you and I was going through this, but more importantly, I was able to overcome this. You can too. And the best part about after I do this hour long speech, and I always keep the kids really, and they're like, how do you keep kids entertained for an hour? I'm like, let me show you. They will come up in like big groups after, and some of them are really nervous and will take pictures and tell me their stories. And the things that kids will tell me after a speech just... Some of it breaks my heart because they feel so connected to me to be able to say, hey, this is what I went through, or hey, I was thinking about suicide and you're helping me. And these are all things that have been said to me and I save all these messages because that's the reason I do it. Because every time I go up on stage or in the gym or what have you, I'm doing it for the kids. And I think letting them know that I survived is the most important part. Because I didn't think I was going to, to be completely honest with you. John Cat Educational supports high-quality teaching and learning by providing publications that are research-based, practical, and focused on the key topics proven essential in today's and tomorrow's schools. The latest John Cat publications include a book whose bold, transformative ideas amaze and infuriate people around the world, according to one reviewer, a title from Global Leaders in Curriculum Planning, Practice, and Retrieval, one book that says Stop Talking and Start Doing with regard to teacher well-being, and much more. These books, used by educators of all roles across North America and worldwide, amplify fresh, engaging voices with practical strategies to create transformative change. Learn more in our show notes at jethrojones.com slash podcast. During COVID, every teacher is a new teacher. That's why innovative school leaders are turning to TeachFX, whose professional learning platform doubles student engagement online or in person. To learn more about TeachFX and get a special offer, visit teachfx.com slash transformative principle. Yeah, that... That you've been in that place where you didn't think you were going to survive. That's a real thing that kids feel like nobody understands that my world is ending because of these things. And most adults say, it's not that big a deal. Just get over it. Not trying to be bad or not Mm well-intentioned or anything, but we've, we've been through similar things ourselves and have 
recognize that that's a part of growing up, that people aren't always going to be nice. And that's something that you learn through these experiences, not in a good way, certainly, but it's a part of life and we need to manage it. And so being well-intentioned and trying to help and saying, you'll get over it, you're fine, let's move on. That doesn't always make people feel good. And often it makes them feel more alone and more isolated. And so how do kids reach out to adults and say, I'm alone and isolated and I really need help? So I think being able to be transparent, obviously I'm not a parent, but as someone who was so scared to open up to my parents, I was scared of what their response would be. Little did I know, I obviously know, my parents love me so much. And at the end of the day, they're your parents and they want the best for you. And unfortunately, a lot of kids don't have that kind of relationship with their parents, but there is someone in their life, whether it's a teacher, going back to the thing of open up to your teacher. Like you guys are educators for a reason and your parents are your parents and they love you. Someone loves you. And I think reminding yourself that to not feel scared because it comes from a place of love. Now, sure, they might freak out for a minute. That's really innate. And <laughs> that's a really response that happens often. But just being not afraid to open up and say, hey, I need help. And hey, this is what I'm going through. Can you please help me? I know it's scary to ask for help because I was scared to ask for help. But once I overcame that, I was like, oh, wow, like, why didn't I think of this a year ago? I think just breaking down that wall of, oh, they're going to judge me. A lot of it comes back to judgment and just letting, you know, you don't have to be the cool parents, be understanding and be their best friend. You can just be in like a, an ear, someone to say, I love you. I support you. And kids just need to feel more connected and not like they're going to be in trouble for opening up to you, I think. Yeah. A lot of times kids, even if it wasn't their fault, they feel like they're going to be in trouble because they were involved in something that was inappropriate, sexual assault or bullying. If Even if they're on the side watching it and or they're at some place and people were drinking or smoking or doing other drugs, they feel like I was, I'm guilty by association and there's like basically no forgiveness. And being able to, as an adult, be a responsible listening ear that can help them process through that without being like a counselor, because that's a different kind of skill set that educators uh, don't and shouldn't try to have that you, you can still be a trusted adult who can be encouraging and supportive and help them out. And I think that's, that's good advice there. I want to talk a little bit about your moon trip and what that is going to look like, because I think that is a pretty cool thing that you're doing. Tell yeah. Us about that. So in 2021, the Blatantly Honest Foundation is going to the moon. This is really exciting because people are like, oh, you're actually like, it goes over people's heads. Yes, we're going to the actual moon. How we're doing that is a really unique way. We're going to be sending a micro SD card full of pictures of students, of your dog, of your family, anyone that really wants to take part in this mission, but we're calling it Operation Inclusion. And the reason being is we want kids, their families, whoever to look up at night and say, I'm up there. I'm going to hold myself to a higher standard and no one's going to look down at me again. Whether you're a victim of bullying, sexual assault, or anything of that nature, you can hold yourself to that higher standard and say, I need to like not allow people to talk down to me because I'm up there want to talk up down to me, then go up there too, because <laughs> you just have to hold yourself to that higher standard. Um, but we're asking for a $5 donation for one photo. Um, and for three photos is a $10 donation. You get a cool certificate. It's a really great gift option. And you're helping us provide educational resources across the country. We're developing a mobile app game for nine to 12 year olds. It's going to be a little moon themed, can't give too much away, but we're working on that just because 
I want to be America's big sister in, in the best way I know how, and that's relating with these kids. And I think living that, in that mm-hmm. world of mobile devices. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to teach them about bullying on this because this is the tool that is responsible for so much of it. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's a piece that you and I talked about a little bit before that the technology that's out there, it's so pervasive and all over the place and people can be treated poorly on that so easily. And it doesn't take much for that to happen. And I think that's a really admirable thing to try to use that same tool to, to make things better. Tell us about the Blatantly Honest Foundation and, and what that um, entails. And that's named after your book that you wrote when you were 18. And so what is the role of that? And, and how do people learn from you and get connected to schools? Thank you. So yes, we have, we have coloring books also for the younger kids. We want to have that conversation early on because at the foundation, we believe that prevention is key. Sometimes you can't unlearn a behavior, unfortunately, but if you get it while they're young, you can teach them great things. So we have two buddies don't bully and everybody is beautiful. That's a really fun way. It's also therapeutic for the kids to learn about bullying before they start having those actual conversations. And then once they get past that stage, we've developed a curriculum that's getting approved. It's going to be both online and in person. We wanted to roll it out in schools, but COVID. So now we're developing an online platform. So we're really excited about that. And we want to make it accessible for educators and students and their families. Also, the mobile game is really where our focus is because we want kids to think of Blantly Honest as their safe space. And when they get a little bit older, they can read my book, Blantly Honest, Normal Teen, Abnormal Life, and have that big sister advice thrown at you. And also the speaking engagements. I love being able to go into a school and speak for an hour, even 45 minutes. I know some of the younger kids in elementary school, it's really hard (laughs) to to keep them going um, for that long, but I I can and I do, and I love it. So I'm really having those conversations because I think having these conversations and having a curriculum that's peer-to-peer based also is very important because sometimes, unfortunately, when an adult is speaking, it seems like they're talking at you, not with you. And I want to shift that narrative because I want this experience to be between the foundation, the kids, and the school. I want us all to be a big community and have these difficult conversations early on. How do you feel that you develop the resilience to continue pursuing the things that you want to pursue and and not take your own life and not do something that would derail you from your dreams? It was a very hard decision to come to. And I don't say that lightly. I think that when someone's struggling with suicidal thoughts, it's very serious. I've known, I've met parents, and I speak about that in some of my speeches, who have lost their child to to suicide. And I am very fortunate to be here today. My parents really got me through that situation because as an only child, like I mentioned, I didn't want to do that to them. And I know a lot of kids don't think about the repercussions that suicide has um, on your family, your friends, your teachers, people that love you. And sometimes we think we can't get past this point. And you can. And I know that because I did. And it's just getting all over that hump. And I realized we're not and this is said by a lot of people, but we're not the, the result of what happens you know, to us. It's how we respond. And I think that's so important because I had a lot of bad things happen to me in a really short amount of time. And I was like, you know what? I have two choices. I can either end my life or I can keep going and inspire someone else. And I chose the right choice. And uh, now I'm able to share my story and hopefully save lives in the process. 
Yeah. And there are a lot of different choices we make and it's pretty tough to judge other choices that people make, but not ending your life is definitely the right choice for everyone. No matter how bad you think it is, no matter how alone you may feel, your life is worth living. And I want to make sure that people hear that as much as possible because that feeling of wanting to take your own life is so isolating. It's so scary to be in that position and nobody should be there alone. And what I heard you say was that you couldn't have done this without the help of your parents. And some kids don't have parents who are there for them. Some kids have parents who are dealing with their own problems or their own mental health. And that's really challenging. And you mentioned also through our discussion, the need to find a trusted adult and talk to that person as well. And even though kids may feel like there's nobody out there who cares about them, everybody has someone who cares about them. And if you're listening to this and you think about the students in your school, every kid's got to have a champion who goes to bat for them and cares about them. And every kid needs to know that person exists because if you didn't know that your parents loved you, you might have thought that they wouldn't miss you. Yeah, it's fair. I kids need to be told, you know, how, how valued they are because I think in our culture, we're not doing that enough. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. So the best way for people to get in touch with you, Michaela, if they, I have two websites, lately or if you guys want to check out my personal site to see more about me, it's MichaelaNichols.com. Please follow us on the Blatantly Honest Foundation social media channels. Sign up to take part in our mission to the moon. It will be live streamed um, from Kennedy Space Center. So cool. We can even bring it up in class. Yeah. Science, right? So any anything on Blatantly Honest. Um, I also have a podcast series, new episode every Monday, Blatantly Honest with Michaela Nichols on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Stitcher, the whole thing. <laughs> so Blatantly Honest with Michaela. Everything is pretty much Blatantly Honest. You will somehow find your way to me. (laughs) Yeah. Excellent. Very good. Well, it's been an honor talking to Michaela. Thank you so much for being part of Transformative. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you to our valued partner, John Cat Educational. If you are a leader looking to make transformative change by providing yourself and your leaders and teachers with professional development that is research-based and rigorous, yet easy to digest and full of practical strategies, Check out the latest publications from John Cat. Visit us.johncatbookshop.com to find information on bulk orders or learn much more in our show notes. You can also use the code TRANSFORMATIVE to save a bundle at us.johncatbookshop.com. School principals across the country are using TeachFX's virtual PD and job-embedded feedback to boost student engagement during COVID. With TeachFX, teachers get eight times more feedback and generate 144% more student engagement on average in a school year with no additional work for school leaders or teachers. To learn more about TeachFX and get a special offer, visit teachfx.com slash transformative principle. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. 
When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE.